0: You know, a number of years ago, the term perfect storm came out. It came from a book that was written in 1997 by Sebastian Junger, a nonfiction book called The Perfect Storm. It was about a fishing boat crew that encountered a confluence of several storms at sea. And they made it into a movie in the year 2000. Well, right now, what we're in is the perfect storm. This coronavirus, which started in Wuhan, China, has spread across the world, and it became a perfect storm for this disease to spread from country to country, family to family, person to person. And we're so saddened by all the people that have contracted it, and especially the people that have lost their lives. It's amazing. People complain about sheltering in place. They complain about being bored. They complain about not being able to go to beaches or parks or different places. But we really should be thankful that God has really richly blessed us as a nation and as individuals. And as Christians, we should have a thankful spirit And we shouldn't join in those who are complaining and those who are causing uh, problems in this situation. But we're thankful that no matter what storms there are in life, that Jesus is the master of the storm. And that's our title today. Jesus is the master of the storm. Whatever storm you may be going through in your life, Whether it's the coronavirus, whether any other health issues, financial issues, or whatever it might be. Jesus is the master of the storm. He's in control. He's at the helm of our vessel. And he will get us safely through it. We're going to look at three things today. Number one, the problem, which is the storm that struck them. Number two is the solution, Jesus that calmed the storm. And third is the lesson that faith overcomes fear. We're going to read now from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41 in the New King James Version. It says these words, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, he took them along in the boat as they took him along in the boat as he was and other little boats were also with him and a great windstorm arose and waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was asleep in the stern on a pillow and they awoke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? May God bless the reading of His Word to our hearts today. Yes, storms come in many forms. They come intensely. They come violently. They come suddenly. It's amazing. Just a few months ago, we celebrated Christmas and New Year's and everything was fine. Everything was normal. But as we got into February and then especially into March, things really changed. And now it's what they call the new normal. And things will probably never be back to the old normal again for a long, long time. But we're thankful that the Lord is with us through the storms, in the storms, because he is our master, he is our captain, he is our pilot. And Jesus will pilot our lives when we put our trust in him as our Lord and Savior and we surrender everything to him. Well, there was a problem. And the problem was that the storm struck them. We notice, first of all, that these disciples were in the will of God. Jesus had said to them, let us go to the other side. So they knew they were in the will of God because Jesus was present with them. And they were following his directions to sail their boat across the Sea of Galilee to the other side. But these were experienced fishermen, many of the disciples, Peter, Andrew, James and John. They knew the sea. They knew the fishing business very well. They had experienced probably other situations where they had storms and things of that nature on the Sea of Galilee. But here in this situation, this one was something beyond that they had seen before. This was a tempestuous storm, a violent storm. And Jesus is on board the ship and it says that he fell asleep on the pillow. He fell asleep in the stern of the ship because he was at perfect peace knowing everything about everything. And he did that. I love what it says in Psalm 37 and verse 5. When we know we're in the will of God and we're trusting in Him, it says, Psalm 37, 5 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. Every morning we get up and put our feet on the floor and our eyes are awake. We need to commit ourselves to the will of God. We need to commit ourselves to God's plan and God's purpose for us that day. We don't know what a day may bring forth. We don't know whether a storm is going to hit us or not. Some days there are calm seas. Other days there are violent storms. But whatever God allows in our life is always for our good. It's always for our growth. And it's always for God's glory. We may not understand it. Why, Lord? I was doing so well. I was so happy. Everything was just great and all of a sudden this storm has come and it's ravaged my life and my family and I don't know what to do. And we turn to the Lord and He is the master of the storm. I like what Tony Evans said. He said this, I wish I could tell you that following Jesus means you will never have to face any storms. I wish I could tell you that following Jesus means the waters will always be calm. I wish I could tell you that following Jesus means that life will be rosy and all your days sweet. These disciples were following Jesus and they ran into the rough seas. The disciples discovered, as many of us have discovered, that you can be in the center of God's will and still in a storm. And that's so true. And was it ever a storm? In Matthew 8.23, which is another passage that's found in Matthew, it's also found in Luke chapter 8. But it says, now when He got into a boat, His disciples followed Him. And that's when the storm arose. And it says in verse 24, and suddenly... A great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Amazing. A violent storm threatening them. A life-threatening storm. Does that remind you of that coronavirus? It sure does to me. Life-threatening. By its very definition, we talked about that term perfect storm. Well, this was a perfect storm on the sea of Galilee. And there was Jesus sound asleep in such peace. You know, I really believe that when we are saved and we go to sleep at night, we can put our head on the pillow and we can fall asleep. Even though there is uncertainty, even though the storm is raging, we can know that while we're sleeping, God is going to be still working because He never slumbers nor sleeps. And we're so thankful that He is the master of the sea. He is the master of the storm. One pastor's wife was having a great fear of flying. She wouldn't go near an airplane. She wouldn't get on an airplane. She wouldn't fly anywhere. I know John Madden used to have a fear of flying so much that he had to take what they called the Madden cruiser to the different football games. Uh, that he would be announcing for because he had a fear of flying. And I think still to this day, he doesn't fly. But the pastor's wife was very fearful and her husband said to her, because fear was controlling her, let him know you're afraid of flying and God will help you. And over time, she overcame the fear. Praise God for that. We can overcome our fears through the word of God and through prayer. Well, one day she was she got over that and she was flying in the airplane. It was a small plane and she was with her friend on the flight and her friend was sweating it out because there was a violent storm that hit that small little plane. And he didn't know what to do. And when they landed, he asked his asked her, how could you sleep so peacefully through that storm we were just going through? On the flight, she replied, I've learned to trust him. That is, trust Jesus. He changed me. He's given me that kind of peace. Oftentimes we think that if we have a fear of something, that we're going to have that fear for the rest of our lives. It may be a fear of flying. It may be a fear of of being in crowds of people. It may be a fear of disease. It may be a fear of death. It may be a fear of many different things. And we just think that we're going to have to succumb to it the rest of our lives. But as this pastor's wife found out that through the power of God, we can overcome our fears. And that's what she did. But these disciples ran into a storm. They had never seen such a severe one before. And so the first thing that they did was the right thing. They turned to Jesus. So the problem was the storm hit them. But the solution was Jesus was in the boat to calm the storm. But they did the right thing. They didn't try to figure it out on their own. They didn't try to come up with their own solutions or plans to handle the storm. They went to the right person. They went to the Lord Jesus. They woke him up. You know, how many times do we get upset when our children wake us up? Why did you wake me up? I was sleeping so sound. Or a husband wakes up his wife or a wife or husband and we get all bent out of shape and it kind of spoils some of our day or whatever it might be. But you notice from this passage that the Lord Jesus never rebuked His disciples for waking Him up. He wanted them to wake Him up. He wanted to come to their rescue. He wanted to deliver them from the storm. And He did. And it says that verse in verse 24 of Luke chapter 8, And they came to Him and awoke Him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. We're perishing. They really thought that they were going to die. And when you think you're going to die or something severe and traumatic is going to happen, it affects you physically, it affects you mentally, and it affects you emotionally. It can have a drastic effect on your life. And that's what happened with these disciples. And so the Lord rose up and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm praise be to God for the victory that he gives us in the storm and through the storm. God doesn't oftentimes deliver us from a situation, but he takes us through that situation and he's right there with us in the situation. A rather interesting story was told of a in readers digest number of years ago where they were training these truck drivers. And the instructor announced to his class of novice truck drivers this scenario. Okay, fellows and ladies, you're in an 18-wheeler with a heavy load barreling down on a mountainous two-lane highway. Ed, not our Ed, but this man's name was Ed, your co-driver is asleep. There are six trucks behind you. And as you come over the top of the hill, they pull beside you to pass. Suddenly, you see several trucks coming in the opposite direction, pulling into your lane. What do you do? That simple, the student called out. I'd wake up Ed. Ed, are you sleeping back there? I'd wake up Ed. Why would you do that? The instructor said, because replied the student, Ed ain't seen a truck wreck like this one in his life before. You know, it's amazing. They were in a situation just like this. In their own self, there was no way out. But with the Lord Jesus, there's always deliverance. There's always help. There's always joy that comes from it. And when Jesus spoke to the sea, he said, Peace. Be still. He stilled the sea. He calmed it. He quieted it. Put in our modern day vernacular, He said to the sea, Be quiet. Shut up. These are my children. It's not their time to die. These are the men I have picked to serve me. These are the men I have chosen to turn the world upside down. These are the men I have chosen to proclaim the gospel and spread it from shore to shore. Nothing is going to happen to them. You raging seas, he rebuked them to be quiet. It's an amazing story, an amazing true story, and it's found in these three different passages. In the gospel of Matthew chapter 8, it's found in verses 23 to 27. It's found in, of course, our text also, Mark chapter 4, 35 to 41. And it's found in Luke's gospel, chapter 8, 22 to 25. So if you want to remember it, think of it this way. Matthew 8, Mark 4, Luke 8. Helps us to remember where these passages are found. It also reminds me of the story of Jonah, because Jonah was on a ship. He was on a boat, too, and he was on it with a number of men. And he was fleeing from the Lord. Sylvia mentioned this in her devotion the other day. And he was outside the will of God and he wasn't doing the right thing. And he had run away from his assignment, which was to preach the gospel in Nineveh to see those 120,000 Ninevites saved. And instead of doing that, he ran the other direction, got a boat going to Tarshish and was on this boat. And all of a sudden it says a great storm came up in that case, too. And it says in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 12, And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Now, there are storms in life that happen because of our disobedience, our sinfulness, our sin, our, our wrong choices. But there are also storms in life that come to us, as we mentioned, when we are in the will of God and doing the right thing. So we have to be close to the Lord to know the difference. And we need to see what God is doing in our lives and ask him, Lord, why is this happening? What do you want me to learn from it? What, how do you want me to respond to it? Jonah finally got the right message and he went to Nineveh, preached the gospel and won those people to the Lord. But here Jesus is coming to the rescue of His disciples. He didn't throw anyone in the water. He didn't need to. He did nothing, Nothing. no harm came to them whatsoever because they were in the boat with Jesus. Jesus was there in the boat with them and He was the master of the sea. He is the master of the sea. Another word for calm is peace. And I can't tell you how many people want to have peace in this world today. They do. Peace in the midst of the coronavirus. Peace in the midst of the financial crisis. The recession. All these things that are happening. They want to have peace. They want to have peace. The one thing they want to have is peace. But they're looking in the wrong place. The disciples looked in the right place. They looked to Jesus. He was on the boat with them. And He calmed the sea and gave them great peace and great calm. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 tells us how to get that peace, the peace of God. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Imagine if you were on that boat with those disciples, how fearful you would have been, how scared, how terrified you were of this storm. And then all of the sudden, Jesus calms the storm. Now, even though we weren't there with the Lord physically present, he is with us spiritually. He is with us day by day and he's right with us and no storm catches him by surprise or off guard. He's ready for it. He knows what's coming. That's the thing about our mortal minds. We don't know what's coming tomorrow. We don't know even what's coming later this afternoon or this evening. Whether it be good or bad. Whether it be a storm or a calmy sea. We don't know. But one thing we do know that the Lord knows. And He is going to be with us in it. So that if we are beset by a huge storm that happens, whatever it is, He's going to carry us through and He's going to calm the seas and He's going to calm our hearts. I looked at it two different ways. Number one, the Lord did two calmings here in this story. He calmed the sea, but He also calmed the hearts of His followers, the disciples. And personally, I think that was the greater calming. Even though it was a great thing to calm the storm, but he calmed their hearts. And that's what the Lord does with us. He calms our hearts during the storm so we can get through it. One day there was a pastor that was taking a long air flight from one city to the other. And he had been traveling quite a bit. And he got on the plane and he was sitting there. And as the flight was going along, things were going fine in the beginning. But then all of a sudden, the fasten your seatbelt sign came on. And I've been on a flight too, where I've been flying along because normally what they do, they keep the fasten your seatbelt sign on and stay in your seat on until they you take off, you get up in the air and you're cruising at your altitude and so forth. Then they take the, the sign off. Well, all of a sudden, the sign came back on. And I've seen that happen, too. Because there's turbulence ahead. There's there's some bumpiness that you're going to go through in the air. Well, after a while, after that seatbelt sign came on, a calm voice came over the loudspeaker that says, we shall not be serving beverages at this time as we're expecting a little turbulence. Please be sure your seatbelt is fastened. The pastor looked around the aircraft and it became obvious that many of the passengers were becoming apprehensive. Later another voice came over the another voice came through the announcer said, "We're so sorry we're unable to serve the meal at this time. The turbulence is still ahead of us." You know, first of all they couldn't have beverages, now they can't have a meal. Now it's getting a little concerning to the passengers on that plane. And that's when the storm broke. The ominous cracks of thunder could be heard even above the roar of the engines and that would be loud. Lightning lit up the darkening skies and within moments that great plane was like a cork being tossed around on a celestial ocean. One moment the plane was lifted up on the Currents of the air and the next it dropped as if it were about to crash. The pastor confessed that he shared the discomfort and fear of all those around him. He said, as I looked around the plane, I could see that nearly all the passengers were upset and alarmed. Some were praying. The future seemed ominous and many were wondering if they could make it through the storm. Then I suddenly, the pastor says, then I suddenly saw a little girl. Apparently the storm meant nothing to her. She had tucked her feet beneath her as she sat on her seat. She was reading a book and everything within her small world was calm and orderly. Sometimes she closed her eyes and then other times she would open them again and read and straighten out her legs, but worry and fear, were not part of her expression at all. The adults were scared to death, but this girl was seemingly unfazed. The minister could hardly believe his eyes. It was surprising, therefore, when the plane landed that the pastor stayed while all the passengers were disembarking the plane. He stayed and talked to the little girl for a little while. And having commented about the storm and the behavior of the plane, he asked why she had not been afraid. The sweet little child replied, Sir, my dad is the pilot and he is taking me home. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful story. This little girl had no fear. She had no worry. She had nothing to fear or panic about because her dad was the pilot. She had confidence in her dad. And he had promised that he was taking her home and that they would get there safely. And what a verse for us as Christians. What a word for us as believers. My heavenly father is my pilot. And he has promised to get me home safe. And what a blessing it is to know that Jesus, the master of the sea, can calm any storm that we go through. So we've seen so far this morning, the problem, a great storm struck them. Secondly, the solution, Jesus calmed the storm. And now finally, our third point, the lesson, faith overcomes fear. In life, whenever the Lord allows trials in our lives, storms in our lives, difficulties in our lives, and He gets us through it, we should always thank Him for bringing us through the storm, for calming the storm, for answering our prayers, for bringing the solution that we needed at the right time. But we should not forget, after we've done that, to remember the lessons we have learned. Because every trial we go through, every storm we experience in life builds on the others and it builds our faith and our confidence in the Lord so that we can know that because He has delivered us from the storms of the past, He will also deliver us from the storms of the future. Because He's helped us before, He will help us again. Because He has delivered us in the past, He will deliver us in the future as well. It builds up our faith like a, like a bank account. And that faith bank account grows. And as we learn our lessons from these things, we can then share those lessons with others that are going through similar things, similar storms, similar problems. It's interesting in the New Testament, that trials are spoken of as storms. It's also interesting that trials are spoken of as thorns, like the thorns of a of a rose bush. And they're also spoken of trials as, as uh, crosses, our crosses that we have to bear. But they're all designed for our growth. And if we didn't have them, we wouldn't grow as we should. But the Lord Jesus, having rebuked the wind and the waves, He now turns His attention to rebuking the disciples for their lack of faith. As I mentioned before, He didn't rebuke them for waking Him up, for troubling Him, for bothering Him and not allowing Him to rest. He didn't rebuke them for that. He rebuked them for their unbelief, for their lack of faith, for their little faith, is why he did that. In Matthew 8, 26, Jesus said, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? In Mark, who was influenced by Peter, in his writing of the gospel, said this, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have No faith. Sometimes in life we have little faith. Other times we have no faith. And the Lord has to rebuke us. He has to remind us to put our faith in Him in a practical way every day. In Luke 8.25, Jesus said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For He commands even the winds and the water and they obey Him. They knew who Jesus was. They knew that He was God. They knew that He was the Messiah. They believed in Him. They followed Him. They heard His words. They saw His miracles. They experienced everything in the three-year ministry of the Lord. They followed Him all the way. But this scene was so amazing, this calming of the sea... And how he calmed the sea and spoke to the sea and the wind and the waves obeyed him. They were so amazed. They were they were shocked, as it were. We as Christians shouldn't be shocked at the great power of the Lord. We have the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's the master of the storm. It shouldn't surprise us the great things that He has done for us and the great things that He will do for us. It shouldn't surprise us. Reminds me of the story in the book of Acts where they were praying for Peter to be released from prison. And he was about to be killed and and the next day and they were praying. And then Peter gets released from the prison by the angel. The angel comes and and delivers him and they go past the guards and out the gate and they go over to Mary's house where the prayer meeting is taking place. And this young girl, uh, Rhoda, she answers the door and, and they say, who's that? And he's a knock at the door and they say, who is it? And they said, she said, it's Peter. They said, oh, it must be his angel. They couldn't believe it. Peter's in the prison. He's chained to Roman guards. It couldn't be Peter. Surely it couldn't be Peter. But they kept hearing the knock, hearing the knock, hearing the knock. So finally they opened the door and it was Peter. They were praying for him to be delivered, but they didn't seem to really think that he would be delivered like that right to their door. Faith is the only thing, the only thing that can overcome our fears. And fears are powerful. But faith is more powerful, as the Scripture says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world: even our faith, our faith. I love what it says in Hebrews chapter eleven and verse six. Had a devotion on it in one of, on my daily blog this this week, and it says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, the scripture is very clear here that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. Can't be done. The disciples, because of their lack of faith, were not pleasing God on that boat. They experienced the storm, they experienced the deliverance, but because of their lack of faith, they realized that that's what's happened. But you see, Jesus is our pilot. He is the one who is the master of the storm and the master of the sea. And so it should not come as any surprise that you cannot have faith and unbelief at the same time. You cannot have faith and doubt at the same time. You can't. It's impossible. That's why he says without faith, it is impossible to please him. You cannot get saved and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior without having saving faith. And then after you are saved, you cannot please God at all unless you have faith and that he is the one that we put our faith in. I really believe that Peter learned his lesson, though, and the other disciples as well. Because I mentioned that story of the prayer meeting that they had. Well, Peter was in prison because he preached the gospel. And they killed James at that point in Jerusalem. And they were going to kill Peter too. And Peter was in prison and he was chained between two guards. And you would think, boy, if you're at night and, then, and you know the next day you're going to be killed by the authorities there. I, I'm i usually a good sleeper, but if I th- if I thought when I got up the next morning they're going to take me out and kill me, I don't think I would be sleeping. I would be tossing and turning at the very best. And Peter, though, fell asleep. He fell asleep. He fell asleep just like Jesus fell asleep on the boat because he had peace. He knew that no matter what happened to him, he was in God's hands and he wasn't going to worry about it or 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 anything like that. He fell asleep between the two Roman guards that he was chained to. And when the angel came, the angel had to had to push him. He had to say, come on, Peter, wake up, wake up. And the chains came off and they walked past the guards that were asleep. And and right through to the gate that led to the city and then on to the prayer meeting, as I mentioned. So Peter learned from his his situation there on the boat because there were two incidents. One was where two storms on the sea that are mentioned in the Gospels. One is this one where Jesus was on in the boat with them and he calmed the sea. The other one is when he came to them, they were going through a storm and they were rowing against the wind and it was blowing And Jesus came to them walking on the water. And then Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. And and so the Lord said, come. And so he walked on the water and he was doing fine until he started looking at the wind and the waves and realizing I'm walking on water, which is against all principles of gravity and that kind of thing. And And then he started to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And the Lord reached out and saved him. But we should always be thankful that the Lord is always there for us. He's never far. He's always near. He's always with us to comfort us, to help us. There's a beautiful hymn that I discovered in the red book, which is entitled, Jesus, Savior, Pilot Me. And it says this in one of the verses. Jesus, Savior, pilot me over life's temestuous Tempestuous sea, unknown waves before me roll, hiding rocks and treacherous shoal. Chart and compass come from thee, Jesus, Savior, pilot me. When Jesus is your pilot, you're not going to crash. You're not going to sink. You're not going to die. He is going to be with you all the way according to his will. You know, we can't see what lies ahead, as I mentioned before. And when you're on a boat or a ship, there can be dangers that are unseen. There can be rocks. There can be, like they said here, the shoal. There can be icebergs. Reminds me of the great ship, the Titanic. And they hit an iceberg and it tore the ship apart and it sank. And so many people died. In that great situation. But Jesus is at the helm of our ship. He's the master. He knows what comes ahead of us. What lies ahead. And he knows what he's going to do to take care of us and help us. I like what Bill McDonald said in his commentary. He said this. All disciples, meaning all of us. We're all disciples of the Lord Jesus who are saved. All disciples encounter storms sooner or later. If it hasn't hit you yet, it may hit you soon. At times, it seems we're going to be swamped by the waters and the waves. What a comfort to know that Jesus is in the boat with us. No water can swallow the ship. Where lies the master of the ocean and the earth and the skies? No one can quell life's storms like the Lord Jesus. And that is so true. So as we conclude our message today, there was a problem. They were beset by a huge storm. It struck them immediately, suddenly, fearfully, violently struck them. A storm they had never experienced before and didn't know how to handle. But they did the right thing. They woke up Jesus and he calmed the storm. Jesus is the solution to every problem. And Jesus is the master of the storm. And they learn the lesson, the lesson of their lives, to have faith in Him. That if Jesus can calm a storm, if He can speak to the waves and the water and calm them, who is this Jesus? He's the Son of God. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our Master. There's nothing that He cannot do. And sometimes the Lord has to rebuke us too for our little faith. But when we have our faith, let's put it in the Lord Jesus Christ and let us realize that there's nothing that He cannot handle. There's things we can't handle, but there's nothing He cannot handle. He never fails us nor forsakes us. He's always with us. But we shouldn't judge the disciples. It's easy to judge them and sit up as judge and jury and say, well, they shouldn't have been fearful. They should have known Jesus was on the boat with them. They should have been more calm. They should have handled it better. But are we different from them? No. And don't we have a bigger advantage than the disciples? Yes, we do. Because we have the, the full Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. We have what they don't, didn't have in those days. And we're thankful for what He's given us. So we shouldn't judge them. But we should remember that we too sometimes have a lack of faith. And so usually when it says, Oh, you of little faith, I always put my name in there. Oh, Dean of little faith. Oh, Dean of little faith. Why didn't you believe? Why did you not believe that I would answer your prayer? Why did you not believe that I would do this miracle for you, that I would help you through this desperate situation? Why did you have... So little faith or no faith in that situation. Let us remember today the title of our message. Jesus is the master of the storm. So if you're in a storm, Jesus is with you in that storm. If it hasn't struck you yet, you may have a storm coming up. Remember, Jesus will be with you in that storm. And remember that faith is the only thing that can overcome our fear. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank You and praise You for our Your Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Master of the storm. We thank You that He was with His disciples. He had told them to cross over to the other side and they made it. They did cross over to the other side. In the middle of that crossing was a huge storm, Lord, a life-threatening one, the perfect storm. And yet... You were there, Lord Jesus, for them and you delivered them. You calmed the sea, you calmed their hearts and you rebuked their lack of faith. Lord, please help us to accept the fact that we are not perfect. Our faith is not perfect, but we do get fearful and we need you to calm us. We need you to give us your peace. We need you to come through for us. And so we pray your blessing on the rest of this day and the rest of this week. We look forward to Adel's message on Sunday for Mother's Day. We look forward to his message on Wednesday and the devotion and Sylvia's tomorrow night as well. And we just thank you and praise you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' precious name, amen.